Captain's Log, Stardate 4396.72. We have been trancing through the galaxy and we have found so many life forms. We have united the world in so many ways. We have found just millions of. And now we they bring war. That was the dude hitting his head. Vulcan nerve pinch. We are in serious trouble, my friends. <laughs> How do you humans say completely screwed? Looks like we will no longer live long and prosper. No. Star Wars! No. Star Trek. No, Star Wars. Star Trek. Star and we Wars. know that Star Trek wins because I fell back and I did not spill my coffee. And thus, the, f the winner is me. But how do you know I wasn't using the Force to save your coffee? Because you would have used the Force many other times before. Nope. We can do whatever we want with the Force now. It's canon. <laughs> and that makes it so much better. Looks like we are going to have ourselves a good old-fashioned debate, because we're back, baby! We're not talking about Big Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so Coach Steve can get the hell out of here. <laughs> I I use the Force now. I'm, I'm no. Force user Steve. No. If they do that in the next season of Big Mouth, they owe you a royalty. Hey, I will take that royalty. Please give me money. <laughs> Yes, we do not get paid for this podcast, but we are back anyway, despite not being sponsored or having any kind of network or anything. So get on it. Yeah. <laughs> get on the sponsorships. Yeah, find someone who thinks that we're cool. Get on the sponsorship, because we'll be talking uh... about ships. Get on the enterprise of merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's mine. I know, and it's corrupt. Haha, <laughs> I still wear Mm. I don't know. So here we go. We're going to try something new as our uh, venture back into the fray, into Ooh. the final frontier of, of podcasts. podcasts. So we are back. Talk Nerdy to Me Baby is now in season three. Three, technically. Yeah. We did a, another small season switch. Yeah, that was like the like the uh, mid season finale. Yeah. You know, that wasn't like so full this, on season. So does finale. that make this season three premiere? Sure. Yeah. Cool. We're back. We're trying some new formats. Uh, if you would like to let us know any kind of formats that you want to see us do, you're welcome to tweet them at us at AmoryByTheSea or at Case Crusader. Everywhere on the internet. Same thing. Every time. But we're back for the spooky season and the holiday season and the New Year's season and basically wherever we are right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're trying debates. Yeah, uh, this is something I want to do for a while because it just I'm required a, big... a lot of prep. <laughs> yeah, uh, it has been it has been pushed back many times because we're like we need to be ready to fight. Let them fight. Uh, Let them debate yes. as you would in Star Trek. Ugh. But yes, so <laughs> I'm a big uh, I'm a fan of both. So am I. Amy's a fan of both, but uh, our uh, 
backgrounds. Our origin stories. If this were our Disney <laughs> character backgrounds. Uh, yours is definitely more seeped in Star Trek, and yep. mine is more seeped in Star Wars. You could say as we got older, we multiclassed, but <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I grew up watching Star Trek, and, and I grew up watching Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars, I didn't see until um the the first of the prequels, and I didn't see Star Trek until the first of the re. The Reboots. alternate timeline one. And so, it depends on who you want to be. And it's, we will get to that. All I was going to say is it could be called Star Trek Reboot. It could be called Star Trek 2009. Depends on where you are in the fandom. The one with Eric Bana. <laughs> That's how I referred to it. That's also how I referred to the only Hulk movie I liked. <laughs> Shad Hulk is sad. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we are going to be go- doing three categories. I was going to try to do more. One, a two. A three. Because we talk. Yes. So. We do. And. We could probably do an episode on each of these, but we will probably not. <laughs> we will not. <laughs> no, we have, to, we have to limit ourselves ahead of time. But we wanted to make sure that all the categories had a good, like, flesh out and were not, like, pretty empty. And, yeah, we ended up with three main categories. Would you like to say those categories, Casey? Yes. <laughs> the first will be content. So this encompasses movies, TV shows, all the media mm-hmm. uh, in a general sense. Category two is world and world building. So things about the world, iconic characters, iconic things, iconic... Stuff. Stuff. <laughs> uh, loot. <laughs> Etc. Yes. Uh, and uh, category three is cultural impact upon the world and viewers like you. Yes. The impact upon mainstream and nerd culture. Yes. The world impact on our world. Yes. Which is interesting. I remembered something that I'm going to make a note Me of too. in my content. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pardon us as we add to our notes. Oh no, my paper clip. <laughs> Jeez, and you're supposed to be the calm collected one. Only if I'm being Spock or Data. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> it's fair game. I mean, have you? S- this gets into some of my other stuff. This so- just reminded me that there is a Kryptonite of Star Trek that you could use against me. Oh yeah. And I I know what I'm saying by putting those two together. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, it's called talk nerdy to me, baby. You think I don't know? I see you, person watching. <laughs> and see, none of that made sense either. <laughs> Uh, but yes, there's something that I'll be like, oh, no, my Achilles heel. I'm not sure what that is. And you will find out later. Okay. If you use it. But, uh, instead of a, well, let's see who won that round. It is all up to you. So it'll be more of a, who won? Who's Who's next? You You decide. decide. (laughs) Don't come for us with the copyright. Epic dirty battles of right now. There you go. That's the name. Epic, <laughs> Epic nerdy, nerdy battles, battles of right, right now. <laughs> All right. Right these sounds. 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 
No. The end. I win. <laughs> no. That is my argument. <laughs> it's better. Okay, um, let me bring out my sheets of paper to counteract the arguments of just first is better. That's also my paper. <laughs> <laughs> my two papers later. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we will start. In the year of our Lord, 1977, <laughs> George Lucas, a young man at the... No. All right. So, uh, the movies. Hmm? We have uh, the three trilogies. That's right. I have three trilogies. You just have movies in order. No, we like to go backwards and frontwards and sideways and wonkaways. Sure, because that's better than a linear timeline. That I'm, I am arguing for this. So, <laughs> uh, you have what is undoubtedly one of the greatest trilogies of all time, uh, including The Empire Strikes Back, which I will go into later, as there is that is a term of. The Empire Strikes Back of this. Uh, and so it is undoubtedly one of the greatest trilogies of all time. Even that's why the prequels, everyone's like, oh, the prequels are so bad. No, the prequels. The uh, prequels? The prequels <laughs> are, okay. are being okay. bad. is okay. Like, they are just totally crapped upon for being okay. Even the newer films, some people are like, oh, they're okay. Like, that is the level of standard that has been set. Because it's so good, the being okay is what some people consider bad. Uh, speaking of bad, every the, we are known for that, the bad being okay in that spectrum. But you have the oh, term of every other Star Trek is bad. Which, I will argue that. Yes, you will. Uh... But the only, I will say this, the only retcon that the movies and so, like the whole universe ever has done is with the books. So love it or hate it, whether you like it or if it's a divided Ryan Johnson movie, it stays. So not many uh, big franchises like, franchises like this can stand behind their own work and say it is not like the only retcon that they have done is the books. Because they're like, well, the movies are the official timeline, so we just have to, sorry, books to keep people busy. Books and comics. Yes. Uh, it, some of the comics. Well, the the way that they termed it, and this is not part of my argument, I'm just, for the record, the way they termed it is that the expanded universe of Star, Star Wars um, was retconned. So, the expanded universe, meaning anything that was counted towards canon that was not movie-based, was retconned to being not true. Yeah, and that was merely just mostly anything after Return of the Jedi. Because um, they still keep some of the other stuff, but... Yeah, but it... it, it... Anyway. Uh, Here, let me argue your pick and choosiness. <laughs> <laughs> so, it has uh, some of the greatest moments... Uh, which we can get, I will get into later. Uh, but so many iconic moments, so many th things. Uh, just, it is, you can't go, everyone knows Star Wars. From, I will, I will quote someone in my class from 8th grade. <laughs> uh, take, the we'll epitome take of yes. sources. Uh, so one of the, uh, my teacher had written, she would write quotes on the, the board a lot. And... Uh, 
it was a quote from from Yoda. Uh, I'm trying to remember from eighth grade. I believe it was the do or do not. Do or do not. There is no try. Exactly. Uh, and one of the popular kids in the class was like, "Who's Yoda?" Or something like that. And then another popular kid is like, you haven't seen Star Wars? You don't know Star Wars? Nerd. And that shows you that Star Wars is all-encompassing. Everyone knows Star Wars. Lots of people know Star Trek. But everyone knows Star Wars. Uh. Uh. Mm-hmm. And when it came out, uh, Star Trek was huge. But I think it got overshadowed by the release of Star Wars. The overall, like, the, the emergence of Star Wars, I would say, overshadows Star Trek. Hmm. You may, is, I, is, yeah, because, so we're going to do this as like. You pass the turn to me? Yes, yeah, so we are going to have our opening statements, uh, and then we can discuss things. Cool. After. I, I guess I will have to kind of reorganize a little bit of what I put into each category to come back with some of your points because we categorize things a little differently. Um, but now I get to tell you about the wonders of Star Trek, which I will also argue everyone knows Star Trek. They just don't know what they know of Star Trek. Because here's the thing. You say the Enterprise, you say Spock, you say all of that. It's permeated in our culture. Please don't hit me. <laughs> oh, I don't mean to. I'm sorry. But... Her arms were going wide. I just yell with my hands! <laughs> so does <distract. laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, but the thing about, like, Star Trek is that it... The only reason Star Wars exists is because Star Trek let it happen. And I don't mean that in, like, a... The... They would not have tried, but there is actually a quote from George Lucas saying that Star Trek softened up the entertainment arena so that Star Wars could come along and stand on its shoulders. So, you know, you're being propped up just a little bit, buddy. <laughs> just, just go ahead and say it. You already went to that voice. What? You're boring. You're boring. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't help it if Amy Santiago and I do our research and... You oh, know. this is an this is a classic Jake and Amy fight. <laughs> it really is. So you have the next gener- uh you have the original series, which pretty much brought space to every television set in, in mainstream culture. It brought that there. The only things that kind of came before it were things like the Twilight Zone, mm. and it's true. No, I'm just saying, like meh to anything that isn't Star Wars or Star Trek. I know. I'm just saying that before. Star Trek. You really only had like fan, fanciful uh, other media that was not westerns and real life things. Star Trek was something that brought these brought space into your home during a time in which we were still not even on the moon. And you have so many different very 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 strong series that are marked as iconic things that changed the game when it comes to things that we saw on television. That kind of argument will come later because that doesn't really fall into this specific part. But you have uh, the original series, The Next Generation, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, Discovery, we are getting Picard, and you also have the animated series, which people use as an argument as, you know, sucks, but it's super fun. And I think if we're gonna argue that the animated series sucks, 
I will bring up the Christmas specials, and we will just call that null and void. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying they, like, cancel each other out? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and should we talk characters in this, or should that be world we'll, building? We'll say that for world okay. building. And then, That's where I have all that stuff. Yep. And so then we have all those shows, and then we add in all of the movies, which are part of canon. They are extensions of the series. They are not separate from the series, which is also really different from, like, a lot of things that you get with shows and movies. It's you can ignore the movie and stuff like that. But the movie actually, the movies actually have a very big impact on what the storylines is, and they all extend past it. And they're also really, really good. So people say, like, every other movie is great. Wrong. If you do not like The Voyage Home directed by Leonard Nimoy, that's a whole thing about why you should save the whales. You're wrong. Just, all I see is Dwight. False. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we get to the movies. We have the motion picture, Wrath of Khan, best movie. The Search for Spock, The Voyage Home, The Final Frontier, The Undiscovered Country, Generations, First Contact, Insurrection, Nemesis, Star Trek 2009, Into Darkness, and Star Trek Beyond. So if we're just talking pure mass of content, you're buried. But, and there's also a bunch of comics, there are books that have not been set aside as non-canonical. They just exist. And also are referenced in different ways throughout series, like different moments that are in some of the books. Also, a lot of people who wrote some of the books or wrote like fan fiction when it comes to Star Trek, ooh, um, are people who then got picked up to write episodes so it was a star trek was very very big and open for you know seeing people writing fan things and bringing them on to write episodes and write books and all of that which i think is really 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 cool and i love when people embrace their fan culture but i want to say that wrath of khan is probably a perfect movie i was gonna say there's one there's one piece of this whole debate episode that cannot be argued and is immune to it which is that Star Trek 2 Wrath of Khan is the best of the movies it it really is like it is a perfect movie there is a reason it's been in my top set of movies of all time I cry every single time I see it it has action it has like it it brings back some of the most iconic characters for Star Wars and doesn't screw them over oh, yes for Star Wars Sorry, Star Trek. Oh, I guess I win. Game over. I win. <laughs> no. Ugh. It's hard to see the two things and just <laughs> keep them. But when it comes to content, it's such a rich universe that has not been able to stop building upon itself. And it does, much like Star, Star, Star Wars, oh, this is going to be so annoying. Um, <laughs> Star Wars has a thing where it kind of just a lot of it's canon we embrace it and the only thing that like goes along with your star wars like liking to um kind of go like f that the only thing that we have that's similar to that is spock people love to include young spock everywhere because they're like he's popular but you know in canon it we embrace all of it spock and his journey Young Spock? Are you... Young Spock is on Star Trek Discovery. Oh. There is a Young Spock. Okay. Because, you know, they have to bring in something. And Discovery is a prequel series. 
So whether or not I like every bit of Star Trek that's been made is not part of this debate, but it is that culturally it's been embraced and it's a, a mass of media that has permeated every aspect of our culture. And, you know... That sounds like something you will get into in another category. It is, but the content kind of, like, leads into that. The original series is a groundbreaking thing for what it was, and it paved the way for all of the sci-fi that you have, including Star Wars. And then you have things like Next Generation and Voyager and Deep Space Nine that broke so many different molds and also explored so much about us as humans. It's such a philosophical series, and it's... It, one of the things that I like best about it, it's probably why I like Steven Universe so much, is because it is about, you know, brains not fighting. And I that's non-violent uh, conflict is a great thing to teach America and the world. <laughs> because, you know, we could use some utopian societies in our current life. But, yes, we have that. We also have... Tom Hardy as the weirdest villain I've ever seen him play. And that's saying something for Tom Hardy. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. It was also something that decided to reboot itself, but also embrace its entire culture and bring make it just an alternate timeline, which is, you know, something that was already in Star, Star Trek. And it's just, you know, it's great. It We have so many people got their, like, big break on it. And it's just, it's an amazing series. And apparently... They know how to do the second movie really well for both. For both? Yeah. Empire Strikes Back and Wrath of Khan. Uh, it's so funny to me the like, mainstream culture is like, every other movie is good. I like almost every Star Trek movie. And the ones I don't like are because they make me sad. <laughs> so, like, it... I don't dislike any Star Trek movie for its content or its storytelling or anything like that. I don't like them because they make me sad. So I have never watched a Star Trek movie that I don't, I did not enjoy. And so I, I, I do not believe in the every other movie is cursed. No, I'm sorry. Screw you into darkness. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's one out of such a plethora of stuff. And... I, I honestly do think that if you don't enjoy The Voyage Home, directed by Leonard Nimoy, and also mostly written by Leonard Nimoy, and a thing that's all about Please Save the Whales, and is pretty much, you know that middle section of um, Endgame, where you go back in time and you romp? It's that as a movie, where Spock is in a karate outfit the entire time to cover up his ears, they're running around San Francisco, you know, there's nuclear vessels everywhere, <laughs> and it, it's it's just such a grand old time, and I love that movie. Like, n full stop, I love that movie. Watching Spock mind meld a whale is great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also has the mom from Seventh Heaven. Oh, well, there you go. I guess I must concede at this point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I also, here's a, here's a shocker, here's a, here's a mind-blowing facts about what, I, I don't know, yeah. clickbait. I <laughs> like the prequels. Everyone's like, I played the prequels. I'm like, no, they're actually pretty good. They also have 
some of the coolest moments. Yeah. Uh, the coolest moment called Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't, I don't mind Jar Jar Binks. I, I don't like him, but I don't mind what him. What about the, what, oh, can I just, what about the, the Jar Jar Binks King guy? <laughs> See, guy. you're laughing. He brings you joy. <laughs> <laughs> he brings me joy because he's such a dark mark on Star Wars. Uh... So, I have... <laughs> the counterbalance of that is Darth Maul. And, to me personally, this is just a... I'm going to say this personally. My favorite... Uh, one, of, one of my favorite battles, like, in anything I've seen, but at least as far as, like, lightsaber fights go, the battle in Mustafar between Anakin and Obi-Wan, mm. like, that is just a good fight. Like, if you're just talking strictly fights, battles, just action sequences it's still it still holds up as one of my favorites of all time so you know people give the the prequels a bad rap like some of the the star trek movies but they have some really really strong moments uh the midichlorians who cares <laughs> i don't know i just i always whenever people like hate that movie they always use the, the clip of um qui-gon going the midichlorians <laughs> I mean, I can't really argue against some of your movies because I have not seen them, and I know they aren't as you could argue haven't had as much of an impact on the culture. Uh, as we'll get there. Mainstream culture, maybe, but the world at large, we shall get there. But we only care about the mainstream. In this. I mean, that wasn't our argument. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. I don't think there's too much we need to really expound upon. You know, it's if you're movies, if you clicked the on the podcast episode about Star Trek versus Star Wars, you know at least enough about one of them or both of them. Yeah, uh, the you know I will I will save that for the the world. I know it's hard that, to it's a little yeah, hard to make but I will the say, like, separations. The the animated shows are really good. Uh, that's what we have mostly on TV. Uh, we haven't we are getting some live action TV. Uh, Sort it. of. Live action yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah. It's still a live action television. Yeah. It is a serialized television format. Oh, yeah. But to this point, up to this point, we've only had the animated stuff, which is good. Uh, Have you ever seen the uh, Ewok movie? <laughs> or no. the um, droid movie? The animated droid movie? No, but... As I a know. child, but that was the only Star Wars I knew... Until the prequel series came See, out. But it's like, even those, like, as silly and as campy and as weirdly 80s as all of those things were, people still enjoy them. People are asking for another holiday special. Like, they want something like that I again. Mean, I mean, the animated so, series of Star Trek is beloved for being silly, but you get the shellat. You get the shellat in the animated series. You get the big bear dog thing that Spock had as a child. The He's other, there. The other thing it's is amazing. Like, people hate, for people that hate on the prequels, there are certain things that they're like, I can't deny it. This was cool and I want this. So you get things like Darth Maul. Because they're like, we didn't get enough. So give us more. And we got it in the television shows. Uh, the other thing, the only other thing I wanted to mention were some of the video games. There's a lot of mm -hmm. really good video games, uh, and I will get more into that, but it has one of the, my favorite games, uh, is the Knights of the Old Republic series. Mm -hmm. 
And the first one includes one of the grandest twists in any media ever, in my opinion. But I will I will get on that more later. But yes, I mean I know the twist. The games, yes. Okay. Um, I I do want to bring up that, you know, the reboot was a big like shaping point for mainstream culture, bringing another love back into Star Trek, and it is a an interesting proof of how. Um, a beloved franchise can be brought back from the dead versus the only thing I hear now about the new Star Wars movies are how much people are upset. Like, it's just a bunch of angry nerds everywhere. Yeah, I mean... I guess the difference that I see when it comes to them is when Star Trek got its reboot... People loved it and wanted it to succeed. People watch Star Wars and they watch the first one and then have just been screaming at it to fail. So I will I will acknowledge that and we'll get this out of the way now. Uh, it is some there are there's a dark group of Star Wars fans mm-hmm. that is louder than any other fandom probably ever. Uh, I mean, maybe like if we're speaking strictly fandoms. Uh, I, I at least can't think of any other fandom that has a corner of it that is the loudest uh, and the most toxic. So uh, they they cling to their original trilogy and anything outside of that just makes them vicious and terrible people. Uh, but, you know, it is unfortunately a part of the people that we, like it. And we can talk about that because I think that would fall under culture. Yeah, and I mean... I, you know, it's just something that has to be acknowledged, but I don't think, you know, as of what we're arguing is, you know, well, you have the, you have the toxic fans. I, yeah, but I, mean, I I would say it doesn't fall under content. I would say that fandom would fall under cultural impact. I know, but like, it's just, I, neither one of us, uh, as great as our franchises are, can stop terrible people from being terrible. And no, that's but I am much... going to talk about some of the great things of the fandom that yeah it's just i just wanted to bring that up now and like we we don't really need to to go into that as like a huge thing yeah no but i one of the things was like the reception of yeah that's like that that we we yeah we just won't go into all of the the horrible people that are doing horrible things yep um the other thing i want to say is also first contact uh which is no don't touch me first contact um, which is, it's a weird ground. It's technically the first next generation movie, but it's not the first next generation movie because generations happened and it's a weird like middle ground with generations. Um, but first contact is one of my favorite movies. Like when it, when it comes to Star Trek and also just like in general, it's a movie I super enjoy. It has everything you want and it was a great showing of how to make Star Trek into an action series that is based in philosophical debate. Like, it was a great balance of really, like, cool sequences happening and also, like, the philosophy of how we interact with other culture. Philosophy. Philosophy. (laughs) Um, Philosophy. Which you're going to hear a lot about just because, like, one of my biggest loves of Star Trek is the fact that it was a philo- it was a philosophical series 
and it was a lot about thought and um a lot of its content is based in that and it's why it's not an action series but jj abrams that's how you got it into mainstream that's how you got it back around is people said they star wars it up yeah and guess what it got a lot of people no it got jj abrams to go on to star wars and ruin it for so many people that i would disagree but i said for so many people i didn't say you I'm just saying that's how that's how you get more people to love it is by giving it a little bit of a Star Wars edge. But we need to move on to another category. Also, I will just say this: the only things wrong with the reboot that was Star Warsized are changes that J.J. Abrams made because he didn't ever watch Star Trek. And thus is my feelings on J.J. Abrams as a person. So, J.J. Abrams lives in a world. We just talked for 30 minutes. Yeah. That's why I was like, we are going to get through these. Huzzah. So, (laughs) next uh, is the world. Uh, You may... We will flip. So, I started the first one. You can start this one. Okay. So the world of Star Trek is a utopian setting, and one of my favorite things about it is the fact that it is a world built on the idea that us as a human race can move forward and interact with other things in the universe without resorting to violence. It's about scientific discovery. It is about, um, you know, we are searching for things out in the world, out in the universe to help them be not better, but just to help. You know, where nothing about this is about finding people and fighting them and conquering them and doing anything that they have codes. So it's the United Federation of Planets. And so the Federation is all about, you know, to search and discover and the fact that none of their ships are built for war. And it's it's when I look at these things and if I want to choose a future for us, I would much rather choose the one where, you know, there are some bad like alien things out in the universe but the majority are all good people who want to, sorry, <laughs> who want to, you know, work together and just make life better for people and discover things and talk to each other. What is wrong with that? Why do we need to fight everybody? Why is it all about political takeover? We don't need it. It's one of the best things about Star Trek is the fact that it always comes back to working together and making each other better and acceptance. It is one of the few utopian worlds that actually makes like sense and has drama in it that never f- goes out into full-out war. Even when you fight the Klingons or fight the Borg, it's never this thing about, like, we are now at, like, da-da-da-da. There's still always the option to reason. We are at Trek. <laughs> But there's always the option to reason with people. And I really think that as a thing, that's a really good thing to teach not only kids growing up watching Star Trek, but adults watching Star Trek. You're teaching them to be more empathetic and just to talk to people. And so the the utopian setting is one of the most iconic things and one of the best things about Star Trek. And then we will continue on. And so Star Trek is really cool because it was also one of the first things that ever introduced me to like classic literature. So there's always references to things like Dickens. There's references to Shakespeare. They always do all of these classic things, and it's a really good um, showing of, you know, a love of Earth culture and a love of literature. And 
basically the culture is one of the most important and iconic things about Star Trek as an entire series. So from there, we're going to go to some of the other things that are really cool about Star Trek. We have a a giant list of iconic characters, and it's really, really hard to narrow them down to like the ones that I feel like I should mention right here because there are so many of them. But, you know, I'm going to try. <laughs> so This is probably just going to be more of a list category just because we've been talking about the other stuff. Yeah. Uh, just like... What what are some cute things about Star Trek? So the cute things about Star Trek ah, we have Spock and Kirk, who are probably the most iconic things from Star Trek as a whole, and just like an iconic duo, an iconic thing that of such grand proportion, you see them parodied everywhere. Especially Spock. Spock is like probably the biggest like standout of things from Star Trek, despite the fact that he's not the captain, he's the first officer and the science officer and all that he's probably like the most standout of people see that and they're like even if they don't know his name is spock they're like star trek it's a thing where even people who really don't know star trek look at him and know that that's star trek it's just a thing then you have picard data you have janeway you have seven of nine uhura gordy q Worf. uh you have cisco you have bones Khan. you have wesley crusher the wonderful will wheaton <laughs> who's iconic for people hating him, which is so funny to me um, as a very big fan of Will Wheaton and Scotty. And there's like, the thing about it is it's really hard to name iconic characters from Star Trek because, because there's been so much of it. There's so many iconic characters depending on what you grew up with the most and what you were exposed to the most. But the original series is probably the most iconically known, and then I would probably say Next Generation, but that's me. Um, but there's so much where, like, I see it and I'm like, ah, yes, that thing. And then I see actors everywhere and I'm like, ah, yes, you're from Star Trek. Um, but so there are some characters. And then you have things like Klingons, you have Vulcans, you have the Orions, you have Tribbles, you have the Borg, you have. That lovely gif of the dog in the wig and a unicorn horn that is an alien race that was on the original series, <laughs> which is so great and just one of the mo like the coolest things. You have the Enterprise, which is arguably one of the most iconic ships in in science fiction. It's one that like you see it, and even if you don't know the name of it, you recognize the shape of it. It's just it's such a cool thing, and the fact that they kept it and kept iterations of it through almost every series is amazing because it's a gorgeous ship and if you really like spaceships there's a great scene in Star Trek the motion picture of just like a 13 minute long loving gaze over the ship as they get ready to board so if you like spaceships and you like uh spaceship sexy stuff that's a good one for it it's like people who like are in love with their cars but instead they're in love with their spaceships that that is actually at the heart of the story of Star Trek, is uh, Kirk being in love with his spaceship. Um, but then you have things like the phasers, which are part of our cultural phenomenon, like set phasers to stun or set phasers to stunning, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so they're a big cultural thing that everyone knows. And then you have the communicators, which I'll get into a little bit more when we get to our next section, but the communicators have pretty much revolutionized the modern world as we know it. And you have the holodeck, which also has like revolutionized us. Uh, the uniforms, which everyone recognizes when they see it. They just see those uniforms and they know what they are. And 
It's it's even like a joke in universe. It's a joke out of universe about how red shirts die and the fact that they change the colors later on because people are like, yep, if you're a red shirt, you're going to die. And you see that um, re referenced in so many other different forms of media. Um, you have the captain's chair, which people love so much that now you can get like dog beds that are the captain's chair of the Enterprise, which is really cool. You have the captain's log, which we did as our intro, which is something that you see people parody and different things. Um, you have the pad, which is their device that they read stuff on, which has also revolutionized our world as we know it. You have the Federation, which is the whole indus industry structure of, instead of a government, they have a Federation. You have things like warp speed and the tricorder and the transporter and just so many pieces of the technology that you saw in Star Trek have permeated their way into other science, science fiction media as well as into our real life today, which I'll get into in cultural impact, but, you know, it is a thing. And then you have some of the iconic places. Vulcan is such a cool place. You have the Borg ship. Um, Starfleet Academy is such a big thing, and you can buy shirts and all that about being part of Starfleet. People love being part of Starfleet now. Um, and also an iconic thing from Star Trek is camping. Everyone goes camping and it's such a thing. And it's so funny to me that it's such a thing, but everyone goes camping. And then um, you have Star Trek is also very quotable. There are many things from it that people just say in everyday life. So live long and prosper, beam me up or beam me up Scotty, which is wrong, but beam me up. Uh, I'm giving her all she's got captain. Uh, I love, please, Captain, not in front of the Klingons, uh, space, the final frontier, to boldly go where no man has gone before. And if you ever hear people say, I'm not a doctor, I'm a blah, 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 or I'm not a blank, I'm a doctor. It's, it's Bones. Bones has a lot of really iconic things like, damn it, Jim. And I have been, and I shall always be your friend from Khan. The Wrath of Khan, which is like one of the most tear-jerking things, but it's something that you see everywhere. And uh, the world of Star Trek is also really fun in just embracing the weird stuff. Because if you want a have sex or you die trope be an actual thing, welcome to Star Trek. That's a thing. Um, you have the original Captain Tight Pants which is Kirk in his training outfit, which has then been uh, used uh, for Mal from Firefly. But the original Captain Tight Pants is definitely Kirk. And then you have the red shirt trope that I talked about. And there's just like so many little things that have become tropes later, like in media that reference Star Trek because that was where the or origin of it happened. And it's just it's such a thing. And there's so many great things. But it's your turn. I had to take a back seat for that whole thing, mostly because I was afraid of getting hit in the face. <laughs> Not because I'm violent. I just am so expressive, and I need to show it with my And every bars. time I would try to look at something or get close, I almost get hit. And that says more than anything else. Uh, all right. I'm not going to list as many things, but they are just, and I would argue, more so uh, iconic. Uh, you have... One of the greatest villains of all time, Darth Vader, and not even a series of prequels to explain his backstory can take down the prowess and just 
the just iconicness of <laughs> someone like Darth Vader. Though uh, there has been Kylo Ren has done a lot to be smirched. There, I should maybe I should start gesturing <laughs> and trying to hit you, so you will go away. No, <laughs> don't take. No, it's my time. To, <laughs> see, someone that's not supposed to. This is supposed to be for non-violence. Is not, not letting me argue my point. I'm not being violent. I'm being hugging. I'm yes, hugging. And pulling me away from my argument. It's a really loving hug. Listen, one of the most iconic characters, <laughs> Yoda, has even formed another pattern of speech that we all use today. The backward speech. It's so iconic. How can you not know about Yoda and speaking the way that he does? Um, you have Obi-Wan Kenobi. Help me one... Help me, Obi Wan. Help me, Wan Kenobi. Kenobi. Please, if you are in trouble, please call one eight hundred. Help me, Wan Kenobi. <laughs> so many iconic things. Uh, ben, like whether he's been going by Ben or Obi Wan Kenobi, such a cool character, such an iconic character that he's being brought back. Both forms of his portrayal were so good that one is being brought back because. They're like, you have Ewan McGregor. Why are you not using Ewan McGregor? Let's bring him back. And it's finally happening, and it's great. You have the trio, one of like the best uh, adventuring trios of all time, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Leia Organa. I wanted to say Skywalker, but her last name is Organa because she is adopted by Jimmy Smits <laughs> in the prequels. Yes, she is. Uh, but there are just so many iconic things about it. Uh... Like, each one of those characters can stand on their own. And it's not like uh, they get... There are so many characters in Star Wars and so many different ones, but they all are able to stand out on their own for different reasons. Uh, and because usually, like, in the trio of... Like, it's Spock and Kirk. But you it's don't... Spock and Kirk and Bones. And Bones, but, like, even he is a little bit, you know, kind well, of a tertiary character. Uh, only... And I will argue this because you've only seen so much of it. Not the entire time. He is upgraded. I know he gets, but he, that's but my so thing. But so is Leia. Like, that she was the, she's like one of the first But she doesn't get to be a big thing until a little Hold bit. on. Let me get through my I, list. I'll keep fine. And then I'm going to bring up one other thing. Damn it, Amy. I'm a debater, not a doctor. <laughs> uh, but you have so many uh, different like species and other uh, iconic things like the Wookiees, the Ewoks, the droids. There's so many droids. Like, just droids on their own are such a category that is so vast. You have so many things like uh, K2SO, R2D2, C3PO, BB-8. Just the HK droids, which is such a, an overlooked category that they mostly exist in the games and they tried to... That's why K2SO is like... A, a spin-off version of that because it's such an interesting like I've never seen a robot with so much sass as the HK droids. I would and like to introduce to the doctor from Star Trek who is a hologram uh, and also I'm, full of sass. He you would recognize him if you saw him. Uh but I I could go on like my brain is literally in overload of all of the things that are so iconic. The Death Destroyer, uh lightsabers. The Death Star? The Death Destroyer. Yeah. I'm talking specifically of that. Okay. Yeah, and yes, the Death Star. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is iconic to the point that it is discussed, like actually discussed in other movies. Uh, 
Like it is. So is it. But but movies take up chunks of their time to debate it in a gas station. <laughs> uh, you have the Jedi, the Sith, the Force. Uh, so many things from that, like the idea of uh, force chokes <laughs> and all the different things that you can use uh, with it. There's just, it's so vast that like literally it gets my brain in overload trying to think of all the things. It's, it is so much easier to think of things that aren't iconic, which I'm even having trouble thinking of. Because I'm like, Oh, I could say something like smaller, like to have a smaller impact or like a smaller uh, role, like the Jawas. But then the Jawas, like these are things uh, I would say that Star Wars has so many things, even minor, that are known. That's why like you will see something in the background and it has its own thing. Uh, like the the aliens in the cantina that are playing the cantina music. But those I would argue that those so aren't mainstream icons. I'm saying, but I that's know. what I'm. That is my point exactly. No, but like even the lesser characters and even the ones that appear for just a second are so iconic, and that shows to me. To me, that shows how uh, great this world is built. That even the smallest things you might see it in one frame, but there is something that you will remember. I think the argument for Star Trek in that sense is that there's been so much content that if something was a big thing for a one episode, they have the time to bring it back and branch it out. So you don't have as many smaller things that are iconic and because would, they get branched out into larger And ones. I would argue that something, things that don't get time like that uh, are still remembered. You say that, but then they're doing the same thing by taking all of those things and always trying to add to them. And sometimes succeeding and sometimes not. But I'm just saying, like, there <coughs> are... Boba Fett. To people People love. love Boba Fett, but his addition in Clone Wars is weird. Well, that's Jango Fett. Yeah, whatever, mostly. all the Fets. But still, like, something... I'm talking more specifically, like, the smaller species here, like, the Rancor. That has one moment. The... I just... He's a Yeti, whether he likes to admit it or not. From Empire Strikes Back, there's the Tauntaun. Every, like, little things that get maybe only seconds, and that's the only time we see them, you know what they are, and you know what they're called. I mean, there are those in Star Trek. There definitely are. But there's so much of it that I do not have a list specifically of alien species that people think are cool. But I will say, people love Star Trek so much that they've learned to speak it. They People speak Klingon. People speak Vulcan. And I will say, let's go into uh, our last category, because okay. we like to talk. We do. Um, but you get to start this one. Okay. Because I did the last one. <laughs> Alright. Uh, when... I mean, of course, you can't argue, and you will, that whenever <laughs> these things came out, it exploded into our culture. Mm -hmm. There's no denying that both of these things, uh, these massive series and franchises, are and so ingrained in our culture. I do want to point out one more time, because we're, we are debating, in case you missed it in the beginning... We both like both of these. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's just that we there had was, to pick a side. There to was do naturally this episode. it was that's why we picked this one because it was natural for one of us to argue for the yep. other. Uh, but yes, we both definitely enjoy this. I think I enjoy. I probably enjoy Star Trek more than you enjoy Star Wars. But I, mean, I we can talk about that at the end. Yeah, 
Uh, but yes, when both when both of these things came out, they exploded. I would just say that the explosion of Star Wars is arguably larger. Uh, it is absolutely true. Without Star Trek, there would be no Star Wars. And so we thank you, but we raise you. Yet everything that you succeed in can be drawn back to Star Trek. And thus, I win. So, now, <laughs> it, we exist because of you, but we, it's, I think that Star Wars does it better and bigger than Star Trek. The, there are so many quotes, like the, I am your, I'm your father, all of that. Uh, there are just as many uh, of those quotes, and just as many that are uh, misquoted. either misquoted <laughs> or have the Mandela effect. Uh, you have the red shirts. We have the stormtroopers that miss and bang their heads on things. <laughs> <laughs> so much to the point. See, it's the small things that that are even those have an impact. There is that's become a thing of uh, accidentally bumping your head on something. Uh, and they even amplified the sound when they uh, remastered the movies, so you would hear it. Bonk. What started as a mistake became. And ep- something of epic proportion, uh, but just and the yet fact- you remaster and add in young Anakin as a ghost. Let me speak. I am. I'm sorry. That should have gone in content. Uh, the just the there, Star Wars is the one that owns the phrase "The Empire Strikes Back" of this. So the fact that it was, if you talk about sequels, or if you're going like the dark, re- the dark sequel, or things are getting a little bit more intense with your sequel. It People always draw comparisons to The Empire Strikes Back. As Great As Con is, the, you will not hear the uh, something is the wrath of Khan of this. You will only hear The Empire Strikes Back of this because that has, that shows to me shows the power and the gravitas of something like this uh, franchise. Ewan McGregor uh even if there are so many things like even in what is considered bad again because it's okay uh even has things that are iconic about it and still are getting its attention and it's uh, spin-off media and expansion on those uh there are so many i i watched i looked i was looking at a thread of uh Star Wars weddings, like just the amount of detail and so many things, the the spectrum of what people will do for their weddings dedicated to Star Wars. Uh, there's now Star Wars Land uh, at Disney. There are roller coasters and just so many. It covers. It is so it is cut cast such a wide net that. It expands to every possible, every possible, not just media, but just things and stuff. <laughs> it expands to the realm of things and stuff. Uh, John, I haven't even talked about John Williams and the iconic music. The That man knows how to write theme music that you will remember uh, from the opening credits music to the, the crawl. How many people have copied... The crawl at the opening credits. We did. <laughs> uh, we made our Star Wars music video, which I then did. had to learn how to do a crawl. Yeah, that is a an option of editing because it is so so huge, and the music 
gets in your head. It stays with you. It makes you feel things. Uh, and there are so many different... From the Cantina music to Darth Vader's uh, Imperial March, there are so many things with just the music and the sounds. Uh, speaking of sounds, the light. you know what a lightsaber sounds like. You know what uh, a blaster sounds like. You know what several different types of droids sound like. Every inch of this is something that uh, is something that people know and remember. And it's just so seeped in our culture that it's like impossible to go anywhere without seeing or recognizing something from Star Wars or something that someone has borrowed from Star Wars. And I can't go into more detail because we... I don't want us to go like a two-hour episode, but okay. Is that your 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 side? Yes, please. Okay, I will agree. Star Wars has a huge footprint in pop culture and entertainment culture. Um, and so I will start with that when it comes to Star Wars, uh, Star Trek. Goodness, I hate having to say them both all the time. Uh, one thing I was going to start with, which is just a little blip. And our whole cultural impact is the fact that we, as people now, use GIFs. And if you want to find reaction GIFs, there's a couple of Luke. There's a couple Star Wars that, like, pop up a lot. But if you want to talk about emotional Kirk or reactionary Kirk faces or Spock raging or Spock being emotional or just there are so many ranges of weird facial expressions. But we have to go. We can all unite under use the force, Harry, according to Gandalf. And it's a picture of Picard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's one of those things where I do have to say, like, when it comes to like what it's given us as a communication thing in gifts is a point in its favor. It might be a half point, but it's a point. Because they're great. Um when we want to talk about music, Star Trek is not highly known for its music. It's mostly but I will say it has popularized the fact that now people actually know what a theremin is. And it's one of the coolest things. We actually used it in one of my physics classes where, like, you touch it, it makes all the noise. And it was popularized by being used in the theme song for Star Trek, which, again, people can also recognize. Um, I want to talk about how it has affected other media. Babylon 5, the people who uh, reference Star Trek as, like, a... Uh, impact of how they were inspired to create it. Um, there's a great, one of my favorite songs ever is Mr. Spock by Nerf Herders. It's permeated the culture and like people make songs. Nerf Herders? Hmm. That's it. <laughs> but it's a, it's a thing. Um, Zoolander even, Ben Stiller's company in Zoolander, which is called the Red Hour Films, is named after something from a Star Trek episode. And also, that Star Trek, that same Star Trek episode inspired the guy who created The Purge to make The Purge <laughs> movies, which is super interesting to learn. And I found that out, and I thought that was super cool. Um, and then again, uh, George Lucas said that Star Trek pretty much paved the way for Star Wars to happen. So anything that you can credit to Star Wars happened because Star Trek, which is awesome. Um, if we want to talk about fandom just for a second... Uh, the biggest in impact on, like, cultural fandom that Star Trek has had is an interesting one. It's slash fiction, which was named after, uh, like, the, the name for it came from the people who shipped Kirk and Spock together. 
And that whole thing spawned what we know modern day in fandom as slash fiction and also popularized fanzines. So, like, the prints of people sharing their stuff started, like, in mass with Star Trek. And that kind of fan culture is also what got people hired on to Star Trek and hired on and doing different things in, you know, the media landscape around it. And I know it might not make that big of an impact in mainstream culture, but in fandom culture, that's a hella big thing. And then I want to get into um, some of the other big impacts. So, yes, Star Wars has made such a big impact in pop culture. But in how we live today, it is so influenced by people who grew up watching Star Trek. You have uh, QuickTime the media software that let you play things, the beginning of that started with Star Trek because the guy who made it was inspired by Data accessing music files in his head and being like, we should be able to do that. So all the evolution of our MP3 players and our music files that we download or stream and all of that started with people being inspired by things on Star Trek. VR, a lot of that was inspired by the holodeck and the Doctor from Star Trek, where, you know, you got to interact in this world that didn't exist, and that inspired people to make that a thing that could happen, and we get VR, and then you have um, our cell phones, whether it's a Palm Pilot or an iPhone or the flip phones, all of that was inspired by things on Star Trek. The people who made them cite it as an inspiration, like, I saw this thing and it was cool and I wanted to see if it could actually be done. So, like, our iPads, our pads, the, you know, the, the pads that they use on Star Trek, our flip phones are modeled after the communicate, like, the flip phones that we got way back when, when Motorola made the very first flip phone, were modeled after the things on Star Trek. The, we got communication devices because they saw them on Star Trek. Um, you have the first ever personal computer was named after a place in Star Trek because the guy in it saw a personal, like, saw the portable computers in Star Trek and named them after it because he was like, we can make this. And you just have so much of scientific discovery. You have scientists who cite Star Trek as one, inspiring them to go into scientific fields not just space, but like theoretical physics and just physics and all those kind of things, saying that they heard things on Star Trek about like ion propulsion and propulsion and so many other things and saying that that thing made me want to research it and find out about it and make it a thing. So some of the things that we have, including ion propulsion in our current space ships and all of that, happened because people heard it on Star Trek and were like, we can actually make this a thing. It is actually a thing now. And then you also have just space in general. So you have, especially um, Nichelle Nichols, who is iconic in her own right. You have, um, let's see, technology. What else do I have? You have the impact of it as people being inspired to go to space. So not only did it inspire people to go into scientists to create things, but it inspired a whole generation of astronauts. So you have Nichelle Nichols, who, one, was one of the first, you know, black women in a position of power, which is also one of the big things about Star Trek. You got a lot of fun facts there. Yeah. But things that people might not know, whereas mine is loud and in your face and people know about it. Maybe, <laughs> but 
it's things that have actually made an impact on us as a society. I do think that, you know, nerd impact and pop culture impact is really important. But you have things like Nichelle Nichols who inspired people to know that, you know, people of color, especially women people of color, could go be things, including inspiring Whoopi Goldberg. She inspired the first female American black astronaut. She inspired the first, uh, she helped recruit the first American female astronaut. She recruited so many people into NASA by working with them. Martin Luther King Jr. told her to stay on the show because she was inspiring a generation of people. And she's gone on to help so many people with that. You have George Takei, who was one of the first people of color in a position of power and showed that that could be a thing for Asian Americans. And he's gone on to, you know, be a gay rights activist as well as an activist against internment camps because of all the stuff going on in our culture right now. You have, you know, just so many people who have done so many different things and have also gone on to create even more things because they got big on Star Trek, like Jonathan Frakes, who does so much directing. You have Patrick Stewart, who is icon an icon in his own right. Um, Leonard Nimoy inspired so many people to do so many different things. And also has a great song about Bilbo Baggins that you should really listen to because it's fantastic. But you have the entire thing of them inspiring people to go do stuff that affect us in a real world sense. It's not just about entertainment. It's about actually actually actualizing change and forwarding our technology, forwarding us as a culture because the people, and this is why I wanted to bring up one more time um, fans, because fans of Star Trek have historically been great about accepting different kinds of culture because they've it's been it started as a very diverse you know progressive series and it's kept that up throughout so much of it for good and bad this depending it's been a series that hasn't disregarded you know embracing diversity and embracing different cultures as a thing so yeah star wars might have a bigger you know might be louder but if you want to talk about something that really impacted us as a culture and us as people, Star Trek has formed more empathetic and formed people with the drive to go and create and do things and have that has shaped our lives, like our actual lives. I'm recording this on a personal computer that was inspired by being in Star Trek. I have my phone here that was inspired by things on Star Trek. Our modern day lives were impacted by the things that you people saw in Star Trek and thought we should have. And, you know, maybe you can go to Star Wars land, but you're going to bring your phone. Thanks. I have many other things, but that's where I will. Also, uh, was one of the best fan writing campaigns. I thought that was really cool. They got the first uh, space shuttle that we launched into space renamed from the Constitution to the Enterprise. Do you have anything left to say? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> the end. Yeah. Harrison Ford. Yeah, I didn't get into like the the actors, but uh, there are. I mean, there the the impact of both of these series uh, and. The amount of things that they've done and changed and influenced is all nearly unmatched, I would say, in, in for the respective series. Uh, like we could go, we could go on and on. I mean, like we could either us uh, could go on for hours just listing things and 
things that most of you would already know and recognize. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a reason that these two things stand out as like pillars of and our cultural history. We'll continue to argue between these two forever. Uh, and but the thing is, I also want to say that for as much as we set this up as being a debate, you can love both of them. I enjoy both of them. I grew up on Star Trek, so like my heart lies there. I I like Star Wars. Like I really do enjoy Star Wars for as much as I hate Kylo Ren. You like my Kylo Ren. I like your Kylo Ren. <laughs> your uh, Kylo Ren is a sassy little. Thing. One is, uh, you know, even has Starfleet in. And on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. And one is just in a galaxy far, far, far away. away. And it happened a long time ago. So it's fine to like both. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what if they're in the same timeline? I don't know. Yours seems to be in the future. Mine is technically in the past. I know. Past to present to future. You just, I just, you said it made it sound like it was happening at the same time. No, but I'm just saying. Timeline-wise, yeah. I think we can make it. Yeah, so there you go. But is but is Star Wars in the alternate timeline with it would be the lens flares or? Just... I mean, they do have a a god godly link, don't they? I mean, it all connects to the MCU as well. It, it would have to be the alternate timeline because because uh, Disney. No, because Captain <laughs> because Captain America is told to watch the Star Wars movies, which includes Nick Fury. That's true. Uh, we could get into convoluted things. Another day. Which one do you like better? Do you like one better? Do you like one at all? Did you listen to this whole thing having not seen either? I, I'm very curious. Who do you think won this debate? What do you think What made the greater impact on everything or on you? Please let us know. You can tweet us at Amory by the Sea or Case Crusader anywhere on the internet. You can find us anytime on all of those, pretty much any social media platform. Uh, and let us know if you would like for us to do this on any other uh franchises. Yes, and let us know what you would like them to be debated against. So this was Star Trek v. Star Wars. You need to give us two. (laughs) Yeah. What do you want to see fight each other? And, you know, I'll even one-up that and say, tell us who you think should fight for the other. I mean, there might be one that we know for the other, but if you're like, I would like to see Casey argue for a kitchen sink. And I would like for Amy to argue against sporks. So sporks versus sinks. I don't know. Whatever. If you feel like one should argue one or the other, but Let's sporks know. are... No, we've already used everything and the kitchen sink. That is the <laughs> end. We have reached the end. <laughs> Alright, thank you so much for listening. I, we are so glad to be back, and we hope that you are having a fun time listening to us again on Talk Nerdy to Me, baby. We will talk to you again next week where you will hear us. We will not hear you, but we will hear you somewhere on the internet. Goodbye. <laughs> you are not Palpatine! He's coming back, just like us! <laughs>